Hello and welcome to What's the Big Idea? I'm your host, Paige Curtis. Today's episode is brought to you by Destination Imagination, commonly referred to as DI, the leading creative problem-solving experience for children. Through DI's innovative project-based educational experiences, participants gain the skills that will set them up for success in careers like the one we're going to hear about today. Learn more about DI at destinationimagination.org. On today's episode, we are pleased to welcome Marshall Rainey. Marshall Rainey is a visual effects artist originally from Colorado. Marshall is a graduate of the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs, and he earned his master's degree in cinematography and film and video production from Loyola Marymount University. Marshall has an impressive resume in the film industry, including as a member of the visual effects team for titles such as Zack Snyder's Justice League, Godzilla vs. Kong, and the upcoming film adaptation of The Flash. I'm also so proud to tell you that Marshall is an alum of Destination Imagination and has been engaged in creative problem solving since kindergarten. Joining us today from South Park, Colorado, please welcome Marshall Rainey. Marshall, thank you for joining us on What's the Big Idea? Thank you for having me, Paige. I would love for you to get started just by giving us an overview of you and your amazing job. Yeah, um, I started my job around six years ago and I had met a makeup artist in LA who got me in touch with one of the execs at Paramount, at the Paramount Studios. And she goes, do you want to interview for this position for Star Trek Beyond? And I hesitated at first because I was like, I've I've never had this question asked to me before. And I said, of course I do. What do I have to do? So she's like, send me your resume. And it was for a visual effects production assistant position. I knew nothing about visual effects back then. So I didn't think I was going to get the job. And I walked in and I met the, this exec and I met the producer and I ended up talking to them for about an hour and then had a second interview uh, the next week. And then after that, I got the job and I was like, wow. Okay. So I had no idea what the job was going to entail. Uh, this was a huge movie. And so from there, uh, I, I quickly learned a lot. And, uh, and from that project has led me to, uh, my, my future, uh, jobs and and movies within the business. Amazing. So I caught Godzilla versus Kong right when it came out, because it was the just the amount of escapism I needed within a movie. But um, I would love to hear more about exactly what visual effects means. What's a day in the life of working as a visual effects artist? Totally. So I work with uh, the assets that we create. So basically everything that is not shot. So when you shoot something on green screen, such as Godzilla versus Kong, the title characters did not show up to set. Um, we create them in post. And so when on set, you have to get a good idea. Okay. How tall is King Kong? How tall is Godzilla? Well, King Kong is roughly 350 feet. Godzilla is roughly over 700 feet. So you need to have actors eye lines in appropriate positions to when you're filming it on a green screen. So later you can implement that material in post to create that CG environment, whether that's, um, destroying a city like Hong Kong in Godzilla versus Kong or uh, Middle Earth, Hollow Earth, underwater scenes, anything in that capacity. So I'm in charge of dealing with 
the assets and dealing with a visual effects vendor, a house, uh, if you will, that's what we call them, um, that will be creating these uh, digital creatures or digital environments, or let's say a practical explosion off of uh, an actor's arm or uh, their head explodes or something like that. So we create then what's called a digital double of that actor. So we can implement that those effects to to that person, obviously, without any harm. And then my job throughout the post process is to track those assets, uh, present them to the director, to the producer, to the studio, making sure that the house is, is the visual effects house is within budget, on time. Um, so it's a, it's a project management, uh, but also very creative um, line of work. So I, that's what I was going to say. You're really talking about a lot of the skills practiced by Destination Imagination students. No wonder you have to have that ability to imagine things that aren't actually happening to make it believable for your audience. I, I never would have thought that you really do need the lines of sight to be so clear. Um, so when we're talking about things like the four C's, which is uh, communication, collaboration, critical thinking and creativity, give us some more examples of times when you use that in your work. Collaboration, I mean, every every meeting that we have uh, with, whether that's with the director, um, well, so let me kind of start back, creative discussions when the, when the movie's in a script phase, right? So we don't have any visuals yet. We just have concept art. We have something called pre-vis, pre-visualization. So we have these artists come in and basically pre-visualize what we're going to be filming. So th that collaboration with all these artists all over the world, we we're dealing with people in New Zealand, Australia, uh, London, South Korea, uh, Vancouver, um, and in Los Angeles. So, uh, and, and Montreal. Uh, so we're dealing with um, tons of different ideas. And uh, so we have to collaborate. And, and ultimately the director, the producer studio gets final say because it always comes down to, to budget, but they're very open to listen to other people people's ideas and, and their, um, uh, you know, their creative ideas. So different, you know, it's like for an underwater scene, okay, how we're going to shoot this. The director might not know how to film that. So they're going to collaborate with our supervisor, our visual effects supervisor, and then the vendor house's supervisor, who's actually going to be doing most of the work on that too. So every day is a different, um, uh, you walk in with the day with a set schedule and kind of like, here's kind of our preliminary idea of what we think we're going to, is going to happen. And then you have to be able to, to not to, to basically go to plan B, if you will. And so for me, I did improv, <clears throat> I helped with the improv challenge, uh, you know, for, for DI. And that is, helps a lot with going in with, you know, an idea and saying, not saying no, saying yes. Okay. Let's do that. Let's, let's add this element to it. Let, um, so it, it's, it's a lot of, um, and, and, and sorry, one more thing too, going with the improv challenge, you're, you, you know, improv is such a unique um, idea and concept of, okay, you're going to bring strangers together and create this skit and you have a certain amount of elements you have to, you know, um, meet and, and, um, and, and tasks you have to fulfill and dealing with people that I've never met before all over the world. Uh, you know, understanding, okay, might be a cultural thing that I need to understand about wh who I'm talking to. Uh, um, you know, there's so many different elements within 
my line of work too, that just DI had, had taught me so much of that. And also going back to my first job interview, walking into that job interview and basically being able to talk to them is how I got the job. It, it, it's not because I didn't, I didn't know the content. I didn't know what I was doing. I just walked in, presented myself confidently and was able to have a conversation with them too. So it's an amazing story. And I, I hear the red thread as you're talking about that from your experience working in improv. I even heard the, the yes and when you were talking about that and the and the cultural collaboration. And it's it's wonderful to hear that you were able to take that confidence into your job interview and then learn on the job. I mean, what what was that learning curve like as as you were were learning about visual effects? Um yeah, it was huge. I would say that I the the joy that I have gotten, I've just been really lucky with the people that I've worked with. Um, like anybody, you know, you're walking into a job and you don't necessarily, you don't know these people, you don't know their backgrounds, you're gonna have differences. And as you should, uh, we we all should be different and, and come in with different ideas and, and different beliefs. And uh, we all have different backgrounds of upbringing. And so with that first project, um, my immediate production manager ended up being this is the craziest story too. And I'll, I'll segue that in a second, but she was an amazing woman that just held my hand. And, and, and I mean, I'm an eager person to learn something if I don't know it. So I'll sit there and be like, yes, I want to know this. I want to learn this. Um, and so she really helped, um, helped me do that. And within that first movie, I actually, um, um, my job title was increased by two different positions, which is, it was, which is unheard of within a movie time span. Usually you have that title for the duration of the project. And then after that project ends, you go on to the next, you, you know, from that project, you'll, you'll get a title bump, if you will. Yeah, so you and learned so that quickly. was amazing. <laughs> learned very quickly. And um, funny enough, her husband did the radio, D, did the music for the Los Angeles DI tournament for the regional tournament. Oh, wow. So it was a small, small world. And once we collaborated with, once I, she goes, cause I was like, I, I, I have to be, you know, this Saturday I'm unavailable. It's the region, you know, I volunteer for this nonprofit. It was telling them about DI and she goes, oh yeah, my husband's going to be there. And I'm going, wait, what? Uh, so that was just a small world too, of how then that our bond. And I still, I still message with her, you know, every month and, uh, she knows quite a few people in the business too. So another thing too, is I've gotten my, my next project from people that I know you have to have a good work discipline. I'm not going to deny that you have to sit there and, you know, the job, uh, cause you're on set. And so being on set is very, um, it can take its toll. I mean, some days you're on set for 12 hours um, and you might be outside, you might be shooting on location, um, which has its challenges too. So, you know, you have to keep that good energy up, that positive energy up and be able to talk to people, you know, on the 10th hour of a work day when you're tired and you want to go home, but the job is okay. Let's, let's focus and let's get this done. So then we can go home. Mm -hmm. It's a dynamic work environment. Certainly. <laughs> um, I want to take you back to that tournament and the tournaments that you did as a student and your years as a student. Can you tell us about some projects or activities that you did when you were in grade school that helped you become the professional that you are today? I've always been, uh, I've always loved people. I'm not, I've been a people person. Um, you know, I've always had a personality, if you will. 
um, for better or worse. And growing up, I think that taught me, you know, being in gifted and talented programs within my elementary school, being on the same DI team through. So I was on the same DI. Well, it was the other program back then, but uh, being on, with the same people through fifth grade and really learning like that's, you know, elementary school, you're learning so much just about public speaking and confidence and and what it is to just stand on on a stage in front of you know, a hundred people type of thing. And not a lot of kids necessarily like that or want to do that. They want to shine in another, um, in another way. Um, and then I, and then in middle school and high school, I was on a separate team, uh, with a a separate group of uh, students. And, um, you know, I think from just from different activities I would do within school, whether that was theater, I was a, I did musical theater, um, all through middle school and high school, I played soccer as well. I played um, team soccer, like club soccer and then high school soccer. So, and then as well as just in school, I I was in choir. Um, I was in the all state choir for Colorado. So I was able, I was always around a team building, you know, a a team, if you will, of people and having to uh, be a part, you know, being an all state choir is different than being on the soccer field. Uh, at the same time. So you have to kind of understand those dynamics too. And I think that taught me a lot of um, how to adapt and be around different, different personalities. Absolutely. That's, that's definitely a dynamic set of extracurricular activities. So again, what I, what I'm hearing a lot of is, is the teamwork aspect that's, that's so relevant uh, in, in your job. Um, It's time for us to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with Marshall Rainey. Are you brand new to Destination Imagination and ready to learn more? Join us for an introductory webinar. These 45-minute information sessions are designed for parents, educators, and volunteers who are ready to learn the basics of DI and how to get started. Sign up to attend a complimentary live session online or download the captioned video on demand. Register today at destinationimagination.org slash the big idea. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to What's the Big Idea? I'm here with our guest, Marshall Rainey. Our listeners may not know that it takes so many people in so many different roles to create a film. So I want to know what behind the scenes roles do you think deserve more recognition? There's something called the assistant director, and that is not the director's assistant. It's the assistant director is the schedule. They're, they are the schedule of the day to day. And they, they're, they are the most underappreciated people on set. Um, they have a whole team behind them too, but it, it, that is actually something, uh, that I wanted to do. I thought that I wanted to do, and it's, it's, it's brutal hours. You're up at the crack of dawn, which I don't mind. I'm a morning person. So I, you know, let's get the, get the show on the road. But so basically when you're scheduling out a movie, you have all these actors and all their times that they have to be filmed within their, you know, if, if an actor is on another movie or a TV show, you have to film them out within a set amount of days. So you might be shooting scene two and scene 87 next to each other because that actor has to go. So it, it's, it's, it's a very challenging position. Um, to, to kind of make sure that everybody's happy. If you're on location, you, you have to, you know, you, you just have to work with that location, right? You can't just, you have to be very respectful of that location and go in and go out. And, um, and so, you know, the schedule around a movie is, is 
quite insane. And I've been a part of some of those conversations before, which is fascinating because you're being a listener in that you're just, you're learning a lot. Um, but to be fair too, I mean, every position, what, what is so amazing about film and when you're on set, it's such a palpable family, a community that you just don't, it's, it's weird because you're like in the trenches together, uh, you know, for better or worse, some days are going to be not as good as others. And you're going to get through it because you're going to be with the people. It's like, um, for us, we work with maybe a prosthetic hand on an actor. Well, you have to work with the costumes department with that. You have to work with, um, makeup. You will have to work with lighting. You'll have to, you know, collaborate with all these different departments in order to get that one shot off, which is quite impressive. And then on top of that, you have to work with the camera department to make sure that they're in focus. And so you do rehearsals. And so also the first AC, the first assistant camera is a job too, that goes under notice because they're the ones that pull focus on the movie. So every, you know, it's seamless, right? Because we watch a movie, everything's in focus. Uh, if it's not, that person wouldn't have a job. So it's a very under that specific job to you, the act. Well, actors also, I have a new appreciation for actors. When I started working with what I do, an actor has to hit their marks. They have to speak where the microphone is. They got to look pretty, which sometimes the amount of hair and makeup that you have to go through to, to get somebody to look like that is, is quite impressive as well. So a lot of different moving parts. <laughs> Those are a lot of things that I certainly wouldn't have considered. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, absolutely. And and you have to, you have to be on the same page to collaborating, be like, okay, you have to talk to costumes. Okay. How many different wardrobe outfits do they have to go through? How many different, how many also copies of that costume do they have? So if it gets wet or if it gets destroyed or if it gets lit on fire, uh, you know, you, you have to, you have to talk about these things because, you also, okay, cut, go back to one, you know, reset. Okay, well, we, maybe we can't reset. We just blew up a house. So how are we going to do that? You know, so um, it, it's, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in a movie. So we're talking about a lot of being on set, cross collaboration, all of these different departments. The pandemic happens. Everything changes in my world. Lots of people are starting to work remotely. How has making movies changed during pandemic times? Yeah, it's um, it was a real struggle actually uh, for a long time. I had, I had a ton of my friends and old coworkers and people that I knew just didn't have a job. Actors, especially because um, a lot of actors are you know aspiring actors. They also wait tables on the side or they do different gigs on the side. Well, all of that shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Restaurants shut down. You could you didn't have live theater. You didn't have these concerts. Um, I got super lucky. I had, so I worked on the 2017 justice league, which is a whole nother podcast in itself. And then, (laughs) uh, I was lucky enough to be asked to come on to Zack Snyder's cut for the 2021. So we, so I finished, so we finished Godzilla versus Kong in the pandemic, right? March 13th, 2020, Friday, the 13th, we're like, take, take, your stuff home, work from home for two weeks. We'll see you guys by Easter. Well, cut to now, and I'm still working remotely. And, um, but, but we had already filmed most of the footage for the Snyder cut of justice league. So super lucky that we had all of that content. So we could work remotely. You could sit there and, 
um, be able to have these reviews with the director, with the producers, because of technology where it's at, you are all looking at the same image and we're all be able to be safe, safe to do about it. I think what there, what will change is that we will realize like when it comes down to post, you don't need to all be in the same room because we all just, we all experienced finishing a project and a lot of people that were in post in similar positions for me on different, on different movies, same thing. So, you know, being on set, um, the movie that I'm currently working on, they are very restrictive. They're filming in London. Um, uh, they, you have to go through different protocols every single day with COVID. Um, you know, they're not allowing as many people on set because before it was not a free for all, but you could go and interchangeably walk on sets and, and see what's happening and things like that. Obviously you had to be on the project. Couldn't just be a, a random uh, stranger, but now you, you, even if you're working on that project, you have to have certain, um, you, you have to meet a certain level tier to be able to, to go on and, and, uh, and, and to be a part of it. Like, and some actors I know, um, they refuse to be on set with a certain amount of people too, which is say if out of safety, it's absolutely, you know, that's, that's what it should be too. So the flash is slated to open in 2022. Tell us about that project. Yeah. So, uh, I started it in March of 2021 and, um, they're filming in London, uh, through October and then we'll be in post for about a year. Um, and so it's, um, it's a, it's the most challenging project that I've been on, not because it's remote work. It's because of the, the technology that we're using and the, um, basically the manipulation of actors because of COVID it's like, we're able, we're just shooting one actor at a time in certain circumstances. And so it's, it's then you're, you're implementing like two images then back, you know, on, on the same screen, um, which is not unheard of. That's actually, that happens more than you think, but it, it, it requires, um, it requires a lot. It requires camera has to be the exact same. The, the background has to be the exact same. Um, hair and makeup have to be the exact same on, uh, you know, if they're in different locations, like for instance, I'll give you a little example. We did reshoots for the 2017 Justice League. Gal Gadot was pregnant, Wonder Woman. We filmed her in Burbank. Everybody else was shot in London, but we had to film her also waist up because she's pregnant. So there's a couple shots of the movie where Wonder Woman is, you know, with the rest of the Justice League, but she's not, but she's not filmed in the same location as them. So it's it's a lot of communication. Uh, figuring out, okay, this is what we're doing in this spot. This has to be the exact same for that spot too. So um, making sure that everybody is clear and you have, you know, meetings and, and, and tons of prep to, to do that, to make sure that all those, um, all those elements are there. Um, but so with the flash, uh, it's also the longest shoot that I'll have been on, even though I'm not on it, but it's still the day to day is uh, talking to the team in London, making sure that all the data, right. Cause I'm, I have to collect all the data. So making sure that, and being not on set, it's quite challenging sometimes to be like, okay, making sure that I got everything today. Um, and we're dealing with like petabytes of data, like like huge server rooms that I have, that I have to learn about too. That's something that, again, with every project, you learn about something new. 
and you're just dealing with so much data on the day to day that it's like, okay, I need a pretty big machine. I'm going to need, you know, making sure that we're going to have enough storage on the project. And, um, so like little things like that, which I didn't have to think about before. It's like, right. Okay. This is, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different, but it's fun so for it's future amazing. projects. So. It's it's amazing to hear you talk about this because we as viewers, if you do your job right, totally take this for granted. That's the whole point is that we wouldn't notice any sort of change in lighting and hair and makeup and location, even though you're piecing this together from data on a giant server. I mean, that's that's an incredibly impressive task. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And that's the thing with filmmaking that is if it's seamless, it's done correctly, but you also realize there's once you all like sound is another thing too. When you're dealing with sound and sound effects, people walking on a floor, putting a glass of water down on a table, uh, like a, a, a phone ring, none of that's practical sound. All of that is done in post because you have to get the microphone so close to that element on set. Like it's going to be in the camera. It, it'd be in the view of the camera. So a, a glass of water, an actor sipping water, the sound of it going down somebody's throat, all done in post. So, uh, so much of it is, is, it is so, and if it's done well, it is seamless. And it, it's, it, it's real life, right? It's something that you and I can relate to. Oh, they're thirsty, they're drinking water, all of that. Um, so it, it does, and it's quite amazing. And I will say it's, it's fulfilling to then go to a premiere of a movie that you worked on with all the crew that you guys, that we know that, Hey, we, we just did this, you know, and it's just a, it's a nice pat on the back and that's really fulfilling. I mean, it's, it's, um, just to be there, you know, and just like, wow, that that took a year and a half of my life to do that type of thing, but it was worth it. So an art form with so many layers. I mean, the film geek in me is, is geeking right now, <laughs> thinking about all of the different components that make movie magic. Uh, it's in, incredibly impressive and and we thank you so much for for sharing all about your experience working on the big screen it's it's so much fun to hear about and learn about and we are going to transition to an exciting second session of this interview and it is called rapid fire so i am going to ask you very short questions and get your take the marshall rainey take on this and the first one is an especially fun one it's a yes or no question. Will robots ultimately come for your job? No. <laughs> Why? They will come for half of the jobs, but they you need you need human interaction. You have to have humans to be a part of it in some capacity. Question number 2, is social media the best or the worst? Both. <laughs> I have one more yes or no question for you, and it is does pineapple belong on pizza? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a confident answer. Absolutely, yes. All right. Marshall, is there anything else you'd like us to know before we wrap up? Just follow your dream and and stick with it and be confident with it, you know? Just go for it because you never know if you don't go, if you don't try it. You never, You never will know. That's an incredibly, incredibly important message. And um, got one last question for you. What big ideas excite you right now? Um, what we're, so I have a buddy that works at SpaceX and just the 
to technology that they're using with, um, with understanding just what we don't know and, and, and gaining that knowledge and about, um, you know, like I, I was able to witness a rocket launch, um, up in, um, in, uh, Vandenberg air force base, which is about two and a half hours North of Los Angeles. And, um, seeing that and then having him just like describe to me like what the satellites were going to do for that specific launch. It was just like, wow. I mean, I know I'm working with technology too, but I'm not, you know, tracking the water temperatures of the, of the oceans type of thing. Right. So like that was fascinating to me. I mean, I, um, I think that with technology too, there can be some very good with what can, what we can do and help out, um, um, in, in, in so many different ways that technology can be beneficial to our, 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 our society. Um, cause I think too, with what we, what we don't know excites me because there's always something else to learn. There's always something else to a story to hear, uh, somebody else's perspective and it can sh- change our views. I think that's really important as, as we, you know, pre COVID, as we grow as a global, you know, just society, international society, it's so important to always keep an open mind to a different culture, a different perspective, um, because it does humble you. And it just makes you realize like what you're grateful for and maybe what you can change uh, of your personal life and take it back and, and implement that in your in your personal life. Marshall, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode. I think you've given us such a great message of collaboration and creativity and also that confidence and open-mindedness that's really important for both youth and adults these days. So thank you so much for giving us a peek into your life. Well, thank you for having me, Paige. We would like to acknowledge that this episode of What's the Big Idea was recorded on land originally inhabited and cultivated by the Lenape, Shawnee, and Ute nations. We are grateful for this land and for the people who have stewarded it for generations. This episode was produced by Kelsey Selleck with additional material provided by Renee Rainville and Johnny Wells with music by Kevin McLeod. Special thanks to our guest, Marshall Rainey, for joining us today. You can see more of Marshall's work in the upcoming DC movie, The Flash. To learn more about our show and about DI, visit us at destinationimagination.org. If you'd like to inspire even more big ideas for young people around the world, consider making a charitable contribution to DI at destinationimagination.org slash donate. I'm Paige Curtis. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's the Big Idea? The U.S. Department of Labor estimates that 65% of today's students will be employed in jobs that have yet to be invented. We have no way of knowing what those jobs will entail, but we do know that the skills that will prepare them for success are the skills that they develop through destination imagination. Hi, I'm Johnny Wells, Director of Education for Destination Imagination. Before joining the staff, I was a team manager for over 40 teams. Being a team manager is still one of the most rewarding experiences for me as I watched hundreds of students thrive and grow. Destination Imagination, or DI, is an international project-based competition that reinforces the four C's, creativity, communication, collaboration, and critical thinking. You probably heard about those skills in today's episode, and DI is the place where kids like yours develop those skills for themselves. 
Students work together in small teams to create solutions to an open-ended challenge. DI's team challenges fall into one of seven categories. Scientific, technical, engineering, fine arts, improvisation, service learning, or, for the younger children, early learning. A DI team selects one of these seven challenges and prepares a solution to present at a local tournament. Throughout the experience, students create projects, solve problems, build relationships, learn new concepts, and have a great time in the process. We're building the workforce of the future. Today's DI participants are tomorrow's innovators, problem solvers, and leaders. If that sounds like a good fit for you and the young people in your life, we'd love to have you join us. To get started today, visit destinationimagination.org slash learn more.